This is an RNZ podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of Your Money with me, Mary Holm. Thanks for taking just a few minutes to listen in while Jesse Mulligan and I talk through some useful ideas about how to make your money work better for you. Just remember though, this is guidance. Final decisions are up to you. Over to Jesse. Time to talk money. I'm joined in studio by personal finance expert, financial author and journalist Mary Holm. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Mary, you didn't remind me that June 30th was coming up this year. Oh, really? It's um, not technically your job. <laughs> but my wife and I looked at each other at about 4pm on June 30th and said, can we still do this? Oh. Can we still get some cash into our KiwiSaver accounts in time for the thing? So the jury's still out on that one. But uh, yeah, you should probably tell people what I'm talking about. Yeah, that for self-employed people or anyone who's not an, not a, an employee, you want to get your 1,043 into KiwiSaver by June the 30th in order to get the maximum government contribution of 521 Um, and I have mentioned it in my Herald column but I haven't mentioned it on the radio. Mm. Look I'll make a note in my diary next year to to remind you. You cost New Zealand Uh, Well I've cost you but but, um, everyone else is already on It just really snuck up this year because of the lockdown and everything. We lost our bearings Yes but I do get told off for repeating the basic KiwiSaver stuff, you know, I get quite a lot of people saying, enough already, we've heard this now for mm-hmm. years and years, and time you moved on, and so I kind of... Well, that's um, the problem with um, with talking money, is that yeah, yeah. everyone's level of knowledge is that's so right. different. Very right? varied, yes. Some people yeah. wouldn't even know which, ki- which KiwiSaver provider they had, others will be no. watching it daily, and yeah. Yes, and both of those are not good. Watching daily is not good either. Um, <laughs> there's a happy medium there. But, yeah. but And just before we start on today, I wanted to just do a little, a quick follow-up to last time when we were talking about the mixed messages people were getting yeah. on getting out and spending money in, in shops and restaurants and all of that, and that keeps the economy going, versus, hey, everybody, have you got a rainy day fund set up? And a lot of people apparently haven't. And, you know, people's jobs are a bit insecure. A lot of people's jobs are a bit insecure at the moment, and some are very insecure. And so, you know, I'm on the side of don't get out and spend too much if you haven't got got mm-hmm. a decent amount of money sitting there to tide you over if you do lose your job or or, or your business income goes down or whatever. Um, and I just thought I just brought this graph in to show you yeah. um, of... Kiwi Bank put out some interesting graphs of spending, and so this is cafe spending chugging along, and then in in um, lockdown it goes way down, of course. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, since lockdown, it's gone higher yeah. than it was before, and so have spending on restaurants and bars, online purchases, which is not surprising, beauty and hair, which is not surprising. But some of the others are a bit surprising, like pets. People have been spending a lot more on their pets in the last month or so than pre-COVID. So we're not talking about lockdown. We're talking about now versus, say, January and mm-hmm. February. Um, why? Who knows? Clothing, hardware, electronic goods. The spending has gone up higher than it was before lockdown. You know how they say that after one of the problems with diets is that after you've been on your diet, your body (laughs) sort of naturally tries to consume the calories that you uh, missed out on when you were dieting. 
I'm sure the same thing is going on. You know, I yeah. talk to restaurateurs, they say it's like Christmas at the moment, people yes. trying to get tables. Um, I had a coffee at a cafe on Monday and they said last week was a record week for us. Really? People are just really? R- rushing. And, you know, that won't be, certainly won't be the case for everyone, people whose jobs are in danger. But for people who do still have their jobs and who are feeling reasonably secure, they are just rushing to spend money at yeah. the moment. Which, and enjoying the fact, I think, a lot of them, that there's voices saying you should be doing this, this is a good thing. Yeah. You know, Had it's getting the economy back going again, whereas in the past there's just the old grouches like me saying, hey, you know, don't spend more than don't spend more than you can afford to spend mm-hmm. um, and have that rainy day money there. But um, So it's just interesting to see. Oh, and another, the um, Kiwi Bank said sports spending is up beyond what it was pre-COVID. Sports spending. Yeah, on, on going to sports right. events and that sort of thing, I suppose. Movies down. No, they had a graph for movies and they were... They're still, I went to a movie the other day and the theatres are pretty empty. I think people, I don't know whether they think they still might catch COVID at a theatre. I don't know. No, we were talking um, about that with my movie review on Friday, actually. Yeah. That's the one industry that doesn't seem to have bounced back. Yeah. Like people have got used to watching them in their own homes or yeah. something. Yes, yeah, so perhaps it's Netflix and that. But personally, I think there's nothing like being in the... Theatre. No, I know what you mean. Jane's text me. She says, if you've got a decent KiwiSaver provider, Jesse, you should have received a reminder to top up your KiwiSaver for the free government money in about May. I did, Jane. I ignored it, though. (laughs) I'm hopeless. I'm really hopeless. That's a really good point of Jane's. Yes, yeah. Next year, Jesse, just do it straight away. It's not as if keeping the money in your bank account in the meantime is exactly earning you heaps of interest because <laughs> it, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see if you get away with it this time when transferring the money on January well, during the 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, what I really wanted to talk about this time was another mixed me- message that people are getting. Um, quite a lot of talk about just investing in New Zealand companies as opposed to overseas companies. There's a kind of a whole nationalistic feeling, it seems to me, not just about investing, but about everything, buying New Mm Zealand-made products and all of that. And, you know, all of these messages are, are mixed because... I personally feel like we're citizens of the world, not just New Zealand, you know, yeah. and and that people in other countries often need us to buy their goods. Yeah. But um, anyway, there's no right or wrong answer to that. No. But but I th- thought it might be a good time to have a look at whether it's a good idea to, to stick to New Zealand investments, right. specifically buying the shares and bonds issued by New Zealand companies as opposed to going getting them from all around the mm. world. And um, I think, you know, there's a, the, you can look at this at, at two different levels, what's best for you personally and what's best for the whole country. So looking at people individually first, um, on the arguments for investing largely in New Zealand shares, for example, are that you get... We have dividend imputation in New Zealand, which basically means you get a credit for the tax the companies have already paid. So there's basically it's a tax break mm-hmm. on investing in New Zealand shares, which we don't get. Can, can I just jump in, Mary, and, yeah. and say that what you're talking about here is that once you've invested in a KiwiSaver provider, you sometimes have a bit of a choice as to which they put which um, uh, investments they put your money into. Yes. So that's what you're talking about. Well, here, right? sort of, although. 
We'll get on to KiwiSaver funds in a minute okay. because because they're messy. It's not that easy. All right. Sorry, to, I thought I was being helpful, but well, as you were. <laughs> it's not that easy to tell yeah. um, whether your KiwiSaver fund okay. is invested. So in you're talking to everyone who has money to invest yes, at this point. Yes, yeah. in, you know, whether it's in KiwiSaver or outside, whether you're just going. Yeah. And there is definitely a new interest in investing in shares directly. Mm. Um that's developed over the COVID period, it seems, actually. I think people have, with some time to kill have sort of got online and started researching shares. And also because the share market plunged and then rose again mm-hmm. so quickly that a lot of people said, hey, this is all kind of good if I buy at the bottom and, and then it goes on up, yeah. which is it has so far, but we don't know what's going to happen next. But anyway, we've talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. But getting back to the advantages of investing in New Zealand shares, um, there's the dividend imputation, so the, the tax break. There's also just knowing about the companies you're investing in. If you're investing in individual companies, there's certainly something to be said for knowing. If you know, if you're if you're getting into Fletcher Building or Auckland Airport or Kathmandu or something like mm. that, you know the company and you know what it does, and you might have some feel for how well it's doing. Whether that knowledge is really helpful is debatable. That's a whole other issue, you know, yeah. because if a, if you're investing in a New Zealand company and it's doing well, everybody already knows that, and so the share price is high, reflecting the fact the company is doing well, and so it makes it more interesting, you could say, investing in a company you know about than investing in a random company overseas, although having said that, people who do invest in random companies overseas probably tend to go into the big ones. You know, they go into Apple or, or yeah. something like that, so, so they know... The company. Plus, as um, you've pointed out many times, a random selection of shares will do as well yep. as a curated selection. That's exactly right. And so knowing about the companies isn't really necessarily an advantage, but it, it's more interesting for people, perhaps, yeah. if, they, if they know about what company they're investing in. And then there's no problems with dealing with tax in more than one country, with um, foreign exchange dealings and foreign exchange fees, with estate issues. Um, if you've got foreign investments when you die, apparently it can be quite complicated getting that money back into the estate. It can hold up the settlement of the estate and that kind of stuff. So it's certainly more complicated um, investing internationally. But in response to all of that, on the other hand, there's much, much more diversification if you invest overseas as well as mm. in New Zealand. And um, a lot more different industries, different whole different economies, some doing well, some doing badly. You can go into some of the biggest companies in the world and um, that has some appeal for people. Mm. And, you know, the, not Getting just... Not shares just, in Apple, for example. Yeah, but not just IT, um, big car companies, big whatever, you know, they're there. These huge big companies that people quite like to, to invest in. And the other thing is New Zealand, you know, okay, we've done really well with COVID, but we are vulnerable to either an earthquake in Auckland or Wellington um, that could cripple the economy um, or an eruption or something like that or a terrible outbreak of foot and mouth or something like that. This economy is, you know, quite vulnerable to, to, to disasters like that 
which wouldn't apply so much to a lot of other countries where there's not just sort of... Right. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. I mean, we've got... All our eggs are in one basket. Yeah, well, in a couple of baskets. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it with tourism. We were moving, the economy was moving from being so agriculturally dependent to being very big in tourism as well. And who would have thought no. what might happen with tourism? But, I know, I was looking at those um, Auckland International Airport shares and thinking... No matter yes. how much you thought you knew about that company in December of last yes. year, Couldn't I mean, how been. many people, not one in a thousand people wouldn't have picked. Not one in a million, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really. So I reckon it's better to spread your money, not invest not just in New Zealand. Um, another argument is if it's, if it's savings for retirement, it's actually lower risk to have some money overseas rather than higher risk because if you've got money overseas and then when you get to retirement, if you're planning to spend money on international travel um, and imported goods, which uh, we've talked about this before, Mm. um, people who are reasonably well off, quite often they get to retirement, they've already paid off their house and a lot of their spending is actually on imported goods. It's Mm. on electronic goods, cars, books, um, music, all sorts of stuff, clothes and things that are coming in from offshore, and you're doing a lot of international travel. And the way it works is if your investments are also offshore, that's lower risk than having all your money in New Zealand and buying imported goods and doing international travel. Mm. It's quite sort of hard for people to get their heads around, but it, it is lower risk, actually, to have some of your money overseas. So, And you can also get round, you know, I said there are problems with... with um, tax and estate duties and foreign exchange and all of that, you can get around all of those problems um, the easiest way is just to invest in a managed fund, whether it's a Kiwi Saver fund or not, that is based in New Zealand. If it's a New Zealand provider that's running like a Kiwi Saver provider, they are, nearly all the Kiwi Saver providers, or certainly the big ones, have international share funds and international mm-hmm. bond funds you can get into. And you don't have to worry about the taxes, the foreign exchange, all of that's taken care of for you. And also um, some of the online trading platforms, Sharesies, Hatch, Invest Now, um, where you can buy shares and in some cases other fixed interest products, they um, are... Um, Sorry, I got distracted just then. They, they take care, some of them take care of some of the international problems for you. Yeah. So it's simpler than, than it used you to be. You don't want to be spending your time worrying about what tax you've got to pay on money that you made and shares that you bought no. and sold in God, no. Bolivia. And, and, yeah, absolutely. I mean, New Zealand tax is complicated. Well, yeah. it's, it's actually not terribly complicated by international standards, but most of us don't want to be hassled with with international tax issues, but generally speaking, that that can be taken care of for you unless you sort of go individually into, say, an American share broker and buy shares there, then you might have to deal with all of that kind of stuff. I also think whether, you know, we're looking at whether it's better for New Zealand, but whether it's better for you as an individual, I argue that it's better for New Zealand as a whole that most New Zealanders have offshore investments as well as New Zealand investments because of that vulnerability this mm. and the lack of diversification and that if bad stuff happens to this economy and most individuals have only got shares in New Zealand, that's not much good. You know, it's better off, the country's better off if a lot of the people in the country 
have also got investments yeah. offshore. Right. You see what I mean? So I don't think it's disloyal to be investing overseas. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, how to invest internationally. Don't just go into Australia. Um, I think that's... Look, it's better than being in New Zealand alone, but there's no reason why it's better to be in Australia than any other country. And quite a lot of people say, "Oh, okay, I'll Feels go overseas." Feels more comfortable, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yes, but there's no there's no particular advantage to doing that versus going into an international, broadly international fund. Um, and what I wanted to just get on to, because we haven't got much time, is to how to tell about whether your KiwiSaver fund is mostly New Zealand or international, right. it's not easy because um, the the providers aren't obliged to feed that information into the regulators. And so you can find out how much, how many shares you've got and how many bonds you've got on, like, the sorted KiwiSaver fund finder will tell you how many, what percentage of your fund is shares, but it won't tell you whether they're international or, hmm. or New Zealand. So, but you can... Quite a few of the fund names, if you look at a lot of the providers, they'll say they've got a New Zealand cash fund or a New Zealand bond fund or a New Zealand share fund or an international one, just in the name of the fund, you can tell. Yeah. Or you can, if you don't, can't tell from that, if you're just in, say, a growth fund and how do you tell how much of that is international, just write to your e- email or ring up your provider and ask them. And if they don't get back to you fairly fast and give you a good answer, fire them, go to a different <laughs> provider. Really, that's the kind of thing they should be doing, I think, is is being ready to give New Zealanders... Inf- it's pretty important information. What proportion of my fund... I'm in this fund with you. What proportion of it is New Zealand and what proportion is international? If they can't get back to you within, say, a week and answer that, I don't think that's good enough for myself. Okay. Yeah. Keep them on their toes. Yeah. Yes. Damn it, Mary, says someone, I missed the deadline for contributing oh. to KiwiSaver as well. Can you can you send it in now and say pretty pleased to your provider? <laughs> it would be a no, wouldn't it? It would be a no. Yeah. yeah. Someone else says, um, my provider cuts off a couple of days prior, but if you put in your 1,042 directly into IRD KiwiSaver, you qualify any time June 30th up until 12 midnight. Now, that's probably right, yeah. I'd... I didn't know about that, but I'll check that because you can put money directly through to IRD rather than through your provider. I've always said, why would you? But um, that might be a good reason in that yeah. circumstance. And I've just made a note next year in early June, I promised <laughs> to warn everybody. Great. Yeah.